Ooh, a little Tay-Tay on this Wednesday. Thank you, boys. And the Kendrick version, too. Wow. Love that. It really is International Women's Day. Thank you. This is the nicest part so far. Uh, welcome into Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. It's Julie Tashiri and Luca Celebre with you. The Leafs coming off a big win against the Devils last night. And we didn't even know when we booked her. But my old pal, Anna Dua, was in the building last night. She's a fantasy editor at the National Hockey League. How's it going, Anna? It's going so good. I was. I actually heard some Go Leafs Go chants, guys, while I was down there. It was Whoa. loud enough for me to hear it from the other side of the building, just putting that out there. Stop it. Okay, there was an incredible video of you last night, and I also just learned some jarring information about my co-host. <laughs> oh my incredible vo- video of you posted by Johnny Lazarus walking to your seat with your white claw looking very iconic in your outfit. And I said we're going to do white claw power rankings, and I just said that to Luca. And the man looks me dead in my face and says he's never had a white claw. What? In your life? Yeah, I've just never had one. <laughs> Luca, come the heck on. So let me give you my top three, Anna, just, just to get it out there. You had the best one in your hand. The, the black cherry one is the best, and then it's mango, and then after that, it's grapefruit. Give How many me, are there? There's a ton. Okay. There's a ton now, and now they've got these twisted ones. You have to get cultured, Luca. Okay. Anna, can you give me your top three before we get into the National Hockey League? Oh my god, of course. There's so many, by the way. They've kind of fallen off. I'm hoping to bring them back. I'm glad that this video is getting some traction, but Black Cherry is my number one, too. I'm actually a lime girl as well, mm. so I have to do lime three. I love the lime ones, and pineapples, uh, lime two, and pineapples number three for me. Oh yeah, pineapple's kind of a sleeper. It's one of those new ones, but, but really mm-hmm. excellent stuff. Okay. Uh, with Anna Dua right now of the NHL. She does a lot of fantasy stuff there, doing great stuff down south right now. And you were in the building last night for the Leafs-Devils game, so you said you heard some Go Leaf Go chants. Bring me into the atmosphere a little bit more. And also, which one looked better in person, Austin or Mitch's goal? Oh, they were both great, but Austin's goal really got the Leafs fans that were in the building super pumped. It was an absolute snipe of a goal, but the atmosphere is great, right? This Devils team, I got to give them some credit. They've really like built up the fan base. I went to a game earlier at the Prudential Center in the fall, and it just wasn't the same, and I went back. This is my first one in a while over there in Jersey, and it was sold out. The fans were having such a great time. It was just like an electric atmosphere. So it's going to be a super fun playoff to see the Leafs in it and the Devils in it. I was there. When did me and Sam go? Must have been November. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And the atmosphere was cool. Like we, That was our first time going to a Devils game. But last night just felt different. Like Just even watching it on TV, fans felt electric. It really did have a, a playoff vibe. So I'm excited if we get the, the New York-New Jersey matchup. Oh, I can't, gonna be a can't cage match. imagine what that's going to be like. It's going to be insane. Yeah, seriously. What, what that, do you think that, that looks like in the city, Anna? It would, that would be, like, literally ridiculous. I can't even – I hope that happens. You know, I'm a little biased because I really want to see that happen for the league. But, I mean, I go to a lot more Rangers games than I go to Devils games. And MSG is always electric, but they're super pumped about their team. They're extra pumped now with the players they got after the trade deadline. So, if that were to happen, that would be so great for New York and just this area in particular. We talked about Austin Matthews and his goal and just how this season has been a little different for him. Obviously, we I, I think there were a lot of expectations that he would hit 50 again. He may not hit 40 by the time the season's 70, all dead. So <laughs> Julia thought he was hitting 70. I, I mean, there were a lot of people that thought he could do it. What stood out to you about him last night? Where are you with him? Are you good with like this down year as long as he kind of comes up with something clutch? Like what what is what is your take on Austin Matthews and his season? 
I mean, everyone's not going to have a great year every single year. He's not having a bad year by any means. I think he's improved in a lot of aspects of his game that go beyond what we see on the score sheet this season, and he should be proud of that. Uh, he had a good game last night. I thought that was like one of the best games I've seen from him in a while. The Leafs, they came back and they really, the Devils thought they had it for a moment there in that game. So I think the entire offense really rallied. But it gave room a little bit this season, to be honest, for other players to take the next step. I've been very high on William Nylander for years, ever since he came into the NHL. And I knew he had a really high ceiling. So I was really excited to see him take that next step this year. And when players like Austin Matthews aren't producing, to the extent that they can offensively, even though I don't think by any means he's having a poor year, it gives the opportunity for some other guys to take the next level. Yeah, I remember you being high on Willie Nylander back in our Ryerson days, and he's kind of had an interesting transformation this season. He's gone from uh, everybody's uncle in the GTA. We always make the joke, like, everybody's <laughs> uncle doesn't like William Nylander. But he's kind of had this transformation season where he's really elevated his game. He's come a long way since that one clip in the playoff series versus Tampa where somebody caught him dog on a back check and it went absolutely viral and he was like public enemy number one in the city. How has his game evolved uh, in your eyes this season, Anna? It happened so many times. I know when anything bad happened I know. Couple it's of always years, Willie's I, fault. I go on Twitter and it was like William Nylander's fault regardless of what, whether he was on the ice or not. And so I've been a defender <laughs> of this guy for years and rightfully so because just even watching him develop as a young player, I mean, he's so talented. He can skate well. He can produce well. And I was just waiting for him to showcase that ability in the National Hockey League because I knew he had such a high ceiling. He just has all of the qualities of an elite NHL player and it's really Really come together for him this year. I mean, he's getting points almost every single night. He's putting up shots almost every single night. He's playing a lot of big minutes. He's had a couple of games this past week where he's like hovering around the 20 minute mark. And so I just, I'm really happy to see this happen for him because he deserves it. And he's really proving right now how much he's worth in this league. We're talking with Anna Dua, fantasy editor at the National Hockey League. Let's stick to one more player from last night's game on the Devils' side of things. Timo Meyer still kind of finding his way into this lineup and getting accustomed to how the Devils play. There's obviously a lot of hype about bringing him in. Um, he scored his first goal in his first game as a Devil, but I think all things considered, it hasn't been like this incredible start to his tenure, but he's still getting comfortable. What did you think of his play last night in his first game at home? I think it's important to remember that like he came, when he came over, he was still injured, so he's still getting a little bit used to this new system and finding his place in the lineup. It's a very different system than what he's used to playing in San Jose, and he also is just such an elite player. I've been waiting for him to come to a contender for quite some time because he's among league leaders in shots on goal despite playing on San Jose almost season after season, so he has such a high ceiling. I know they're going to move him around a bit in the lineup, so for the next couple of games, I'm excited to see like who he really meshes with and who he gels with because I like him playing with Jack Hughes. I think he could play really, really well with Nico Heischer as well. I feel like that might be a little bit of a threat line. I know they're not breaking up that top line for the Devils just yet because they're playing really well at the moment, but I know they're going to move him around in the lineup, and when he finds his place and finds his game, he's like a really talented player, guys. I would say he's like a top 15 forward in the NHL at, at, at the very least, to be honest. It could be even higher. Yeah, okay, so I asked you about the atmosphere potentially in that maybe first-round matchup between the Devils and the Rangers, but in terms of the actual play on the ice, like how do you think those two teams match up against one another? I have no idea who has the edge in the series. They just play such different styles. New York's got this heavy blue line and the really good goaltending, and New Jersey's so run-and-gun. 
they're very two very very different teams and bringing on guys like Patrick Lane and Vladimir Tarasenko both of those guys are players who have been great players in this league for a long time whereas the Devils they have so many young players taking the next step this season and so they're capitalizing on that but that gives way for a little bit more inconsistency that's the only thing I'm worried about for the Devils they have a lot of scoring power they have a really talented offense I love Dougie Hamilton on the blue line I think he's kind of bouncing back from the year he had last year but my biggest concern for them is in the crease because Vanatek and Shesterkin I wouldn't want to be Vanatek on that side of that matchup because even though Igor Shesterkin's having a little bit of an off year I think a lot of people expected him to have a similar year to the one he had last season he can turn it on any second so the playoffs come around the regular season is wiped off he could be the Igor Shesterkin we all saw last year and in that case I, I would weigh a bit in the Rangers favor but the Devils are a team I don't think anybody in the East wants to play so more than ever there's a couple of years where people are like I don't really care where I end up in the standings but right now I know Carolina really wants to hold on to that number one spot in the Metro you mentioned Kane and Tarasenko and we've talked about Meyer as far as a fantasy perspective goes is there because Kane's start in New York hasn't been great Tarasenko's been pretty solid though um, but is there a player that just was traded before the deadline that you've uh, that's caught your attention from a fantasy perspective I mean, I think there's a couple of players that a lot of people were waiting to move to really get their value. I'm really excited to see what Jacob Chickren's going to be doing at Ottawa. That's the one where I got so many questions leading up to the deadline for a while because it seems like he was out for trade-related reasons for literally years about whether people should hold on to him or whether they should drop him because they didn't know what was going to happen to him. I think he found a really good fit with a team that's going to try as hard as they can to make the postseason. So that's someone I'm super excited about. I think the Boston Bruins really added a lot of good pieces at the trade deadline. They're the best team in the league. They only got better. It's clear that these players have already fit in with the Bruins so far. Dimitri Orlov looks like a brand new player so far with Boston. I'm excited to see where Tyler Bartuzzi will eventually fall into the lineup. He's so talented as well. I think a lot of people forget what great of a season he had last year with the Red Wings. I mean, he was a 30-goal scorer and played under 70 games, so I'm excited to see what he does in Boston. That team's also such a scary team, the East. I feel like every team I talk about in the East is just so talented. It's really anyone's cup to lose at this point. Yeah, Luke and I were talking about that during commercial. Like The East is such a gong show. The West, the entire West has such an opportunity this year to, to make something happen. Uh Okay, wait, you were just talking about new guys who potentially can have a major impact. I heard you and Nick Alberga at some point this week talking about John Klingberg. You think he'd get a bit of a bump on the wild? Like, I don't know what's going on with that guy. I hope so. He also is another player who's had a really high ceiling in the past. And I know he, like, bet on himself this year. I know he really wants to just get a contract in a place that he wants to play. And I think Minnesota might be the place to give him that opportunity just because for me he's going to be on that top power play unit he's playing with such elite players on that unit it's absolutely stacked with Kaprizov and Ertanek and Zuccarello and Boldy so I think that's going to give him the opportunity he needs to prove himself I think he's a man on a mission this season which is why I would recommend picking him up if he was available in your league and so I have faith in John Klingberg right now Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. I don't like the Minnesota Wild, but I like that. Uh, I like that selection. <laughs> you literally didn't. You just said to say to me, "This is maybe Minnesota could do something this year." Oh, oh you don't like it for the Avs. I was talking about the uh, the goaltending duo oh, that right. they might be able to do that yeah. with Flurry and Gustafson, but uh, that that might be more of a fantasy than a, <laughs> than a real life thing. Um, I love fantasy hockey. I know you obviously do too because you do such great work with it. What's maybe the biggest fantasy lesson you've learned this season that? 
you're taking into next season. I always like reflecting on how fantasy seasons go, and I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to make that mistake next year. Or like, maybe I should remember this going into my draft kind of thing. So do you have any of those lessons off the top of your head? I feel like I have one this year that a lot of people probably have in their leagues, and I know a lot of people use their first-round pick pretty early on a goaltender, and it backfired for a lot of people. If you're using your first-round pick on a guy like Andre Vasilevsky, I know you're like punching the air right now, so for me... <laughs> I think it would just be being a little bit more cautious. I know last year was the year of goalies. I always say, like, every season, it's like a year of one fantasy position. This year, for me, it's defenseman. Last year was goalies. But don't let that change your mind too much heading into your draft the next season because it can backfire really easily. Yeah, it can. You want to talk about backfire? Like, you guys are like, I love fantasy hockey. I hate fantasy hockey right now. We're in a goals league. Uh, <laughs> far down. So, obviously, coming into the season, I just said I thought Austin Matthews was going to score 70. Uh, spoiler alert, not the case. So in our league, goals are worth two points. So I took Austin Matthews over Connor McDavid, and I just want to like jump into a lake or something. I don't even know what to say about it, Anna. But the guys on Overdrive on our drive show in the afternoons were kind of debating if Connor McDavid, going forward, should receive the Gretzky rule in fantasy. Just don't allow him to be drafted. Has he kind of like gotten into that territory to you? I feel like he probably has, to be honest. Every game I see of Connor McDavid, it looks like he's playing with like literally like peewee players around him. He's having an unreal <laughs> season right now. I don't know when he's going to stop. He's scoring every night. He's putting up points every night. It's just like an unreal year for him. I, I can't be amazed at this point because I should expect it to happen night after night, but he's so far above the rest of the league right now in terms of everything he's doing this season. To talk about futures a little bit, I feel like this is just really setting up Edmonton for a pretty good run this postseason with the momentum he's built in the year he's having individually and how much he's helped the team around him. I really hope they figure out their back end a little bit and get some momentum going and stability down there because it might be Edmonton's year, guys. Yeah, I, I know. Just with the West being wide open, it could be. Okay, really quick before we let you go. 70, yes or no? Ooh, that's tough. You know what? I'll bet on him. He's a Richmond Hill kid. I'll bet on it. Okay, I like it. it. I'm not betting against Connor McDavid. I love one thing I love about Toronto hockey players is that like depending on where you're from in the GTA, you could just decide like some people are like, yeah, he's New Market. No, he's Aurora. Come on, he's Richmond Hill. Yeah. Lots of people want to claim Connor McDavid. I like that. <laughs> but that was Anna Duo on the phone. She works for the NHL. Anna, appreciate the time, ma'am. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Anna Dua of the National Hockey League, does lots of fantasy stuff there.